0: You're listening to Earshot from WXXI News. I'm Veronica Volk. This week, selfies aren't just for social media anymore. They could be used as a diagnostic tool in medicine. I
1: really have the the, the potential of changing the way that healthcare is um, provided.
0: And New York Governor Kathy Hochul lays out her 2022 priorities. Amid a winter surge of the coronavirus. This is not a moment of despair, but a moment of great possibility. All that from your local news podcast, Earshot. Support for Earshot from WXXI News is provided by Rock Vox Recording and Production, presenting LegacyCast. Audio and video recordings of loved ones telling their stories for posterity. Produced in a full-service studio located in Bushnell's Basin. More at ROCVOX.com. Every day, people are taking pictures of themselves and putting them online. Whether they're documenting a vacation, or showing off a new skin routine, or just sharing a moment of their lives. And now it seems those selfies may also be useful in medicine, particularly in diagnosing certain neurological diseases. My colleague Raquel Steven talked to researchers at the University of Rochester about this. She has this story. Eight
2: years ago, at age 43, Daniel Kinnell was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. I basically thought my life was over when I was diagnosed. But in many ways, a new phase of his life was just beginning. Since his diagnosis, Canell has been doing what he can to demystify the disease, including speaking engagements and participating in research studies.
1: So I think I think the important thing about um, <clears throat> any diagnosis is start, what can you do with it in, in a positive way.
2: Canell's most recent study is a collaboration between URMc's leading Parkinson's disease expert, Dr. Ray Dorsey, and associate computer science professor Isan Hulk. The two have developed a software that uses selfies to predict whether a person is likely to develop Parkinson's.
1: Um, I really have the 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 potential of changing the way that healthcare is um, uh, provided, the way that uh, that that we think about uh, managing chronic conditions like Parkinson's, um, the way that we diagnose. Um, diseases uh, and, and the way that uh, that that the world interacts with them.
2: Parkinson's has become the fastest-growing neurological disease in the United States. In fact, the U.S. Parkinson's Foundation predicts that nearly 1.2 million Americans will be diagnosed by year 2030. But Dorsey says many are still diagnosed too late. Likely, hundreds of thousands of people with the disease, don't even know they have disease and are suffering in silence. And we want to bring the tools to them so they can get better control and better manage uh, their health. The software works by tracking facial muscle movements that are invisible to the naked eye through a series of tests captured by selfie videos. Those tests include smiling, expressions of disgust, raising and lowering eyebrows, and reading aloud a complex sentence among other things. The software then analyzes the patient's facial movement and predicts whether that person is less or highly likely to develop the disease. Taking the same things that we would normally do in clinic, but instead of relying on a neurologist to do the assessments, he's allowing the computer to do the assessments. But the software has yet to be approved by the FDA. Until it's approved, the data collected is simply for research purposes only. Hawke says the team is still working out some kinks, like what is the best way to let an individual know that they have a progressive disease?
0: A machine should never tell a real human being that, hey, you have Parkinson. That should be done by another human.
2: Hawke and his team are now stuck somewhere between the benefits of modern medicine and the desire to be humane. Overall, he says his goal is to empower people with this new system.
0: It's not just about building the technology, but appropriating it for the, uh, for the people it serves.
2: Now, the software that took five years to develop may take another two years or so to get its FDA approval. And with the help of people like Cannell, it has a strong shot of getting there. But until then, Kennell says he is just adjusting to his new life. I try to be more mindful about it.
0: I have to be more mindful of like,
2: you know, what's happening in the moment and what's happening around me and I have to be more thankful for those
0: things. Raquel Steven is the health reporter for WXXI News. Hi, this is Evan
1: Dawson from WXXI, and if you're enjoying Earshot, then you'll want to subscribe to our other podcast, Connections with Evan Dawson, that's me. On the podcast, you can catch up on discussions about current events, arts, politics, and interesting people. Subscribe to Connections with Evan Dawson, where you subscribe to Earshot from WXXI News.
0: New York Governor Kathy Hochul delivered her first State of the State speech on Wednesday. There was a strictly limited audience, with the pandemic casting a shadow over the proceedings. But Hochul remained upbeat, and she pledged to lead New York out of the pandemic. Karen DeWitt is the Capitol Bureau Chief for New York Public Radio. She has this story.
1: Hochul spoke to a subdued audience of 50 or so lawmakers, aides, and pool reporters in the cavernous assembly chamber. Thank you, Lieutenant Governor. The governor, who's been dealing in recent days with a record-breaking spike in positivity rates for the virus and a fraying society, says she will be laser-focused on keeping kids in school, businesses open, and keeping New Yorkers' lives as normal as possible. This is not a moment of despair, but a moment of great possibility. Because while we're in the midst of an all-consuming crisis, we also remember that if we make the right choices right now, it will end. Hochul outlined an ambitious array of programs that she says will help bring the state in its pandemic-ravaged economy back, among them a $10 billion multi-year plan to support health care workers, a billion-dollar property tax rebate, and the acceleration of a phased-in middle-class tax cut, as well as tax breaks for small businesses. Hochul will also use money from generous federal aid packages to complete numerous infrastructure projects around the state. Hochul is the first woman to give a state of the state address in New York. She replaced former Governor Andrew Cuomo. He resigned in disgrace after numerous scandals, including allegations of sexual harassment and overseeing a toxic, bullying workplace. Hochul did not mention her predecessor by name, but she pledged a new era where lawmakers share success and fight not for political turf, but for the interests of the people of the state. In the days of governors disregarding the rightful role of this legislature, are over. The days of the governor of New York and the mayor of New York City wasting time on petty rivalries are over. The governor also promised to address the state's numerous ethics controversies, and she says she will replace the politically-weighted Joint Commission on Public Ethics, or JCOPE, with a rotating board of law school deans. And she outlined a previously announced proposal to limit statewide elected officials to just two four-year terms. Her predecessor, Cuomo, had intended to run for a fourth term before he left office in August. For government to work, those of us in power cannot continue to cling to it. Hochul also addressed the state's rising crime rate and what she says is the very real uptick in gun violence. And she pledged to double down on programs like gun tracing and better monitoring of social media. In an accompanying 200-page book outlining her priorities, the governor backed what's known as clean slate legislation, a measure favored by progressives in her party. It would seal conviction records once a person has served their time for the crime they committed. She also, in her speech, made no mention of any changes to the state's bail reform laws, which critics say have contributed to higher crime rates. Senate Majority Leader Andrea Stewart-Cousins, like Hochul, is a Democrat. She says she looks forward to a collaborative relationship with the governor. Stuart cousins agrees that now is not the time to make changes to the bail laws, saying data is just now being collected.
2: We want criminals to be punished. We want uh, people to do the right thing. But I do not want our uh, system of justice to be dependent on whether or not you can buy yourself out.
1: Republicans who are in the minority in the legislature say preliminary data shows there were 3,500 additional crimes committed because some of those released without bail broke the law again. Senate GOP leader Robert Ort says that's too high a price to pay.
2: To be more socially just or more woke that, well, you got to break a few eggs if you're going to make an omelet. I don't I don't look at it that way.
1: Senator Ort says he is pleased, though, that the governor is backing term limits, and he says he hopes the Democrats in the legislature will follow through.
0: Karen DeWitt is the Capitol Bureau Chief for New York Public Radio. You've been listening to Earshot from WXXI News. It's a whole new year, and we want to know what you think of the show and what you want to hear more of in 2022. Send us an email at earshot at wxxi.org. Subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review and find even more local news on our website, wxxinews.org. Music this week from Blue Dot Sessions and Poddington Bear. I'm Veronica Volk. Thanks for listening. From inside a makeshift recording studio <laughs> in the playroom of my house. Stay safe out there, everyone. This program is a production of member-supported WXXI Public Broadcasting, Rochester, New York.